I started, uh, back in high school, I started reading through the Bible. I wanted to know more about who God is and who we are. And um, grew up in the Episcopal Church, loved it, loved the church, and uh, went to study school for so much, I wanted to know more. So I started reading through every night throughout high school, just before I went to bed. I read through the Bible, and I did Genesis to Revelation, about three or four chapters a night, which did two things. First was, it, it conditioned a sort of Catholic response in me, that um, even during seminary, years later, and it'd be 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm reading through the Bible to uh, study for class, and a cup of coffee, 10 in the morning, four chapters in, I was asleep. Um, rather unfortunate thing of reading it back the other thing that reading through the Bible did for me was help me to see this understanding that I got from it of when the people of Israel it seemed like they ended up in Jesus' time the religious leaders they loved their religion and they wanted people to observe their religion but then the actual message of the gospel and God with us and living out the kingdom of God life seemed to have gotten eclipsed by love of the religion. And so as I'm reading this and Jesus and his arguments with the Pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests, I was just reading that into my experience in the Episcopal Church, where sometimes our love of the Episcopal Church, I thought, or of anyone's church, the love of church itself sometimes eclipsed living out the gospel life of Jesus and living out the kingdom of God life. So that was how I ended up being formed, and that was the beginning of my call as a priest, was to make sure that whenever we were together as the church, that our love of the institution did not eclipse living out the mission and ministry and kingdom of God as disciples of Jesus. But that rather the institution was there to support us in our lives as disciples of Jesus, not our lives to support the institution. Nine years into my priesthood, I'm starting to feel this call really start to come alive. And this was uh, show, it lived out in our diocesan council over the last couple of years. We had diocesan council over this weekend. And for years, diocesan council had been a fairly rancorous affair. There were contentious issues in the church, always have been. And diocesan council would get together and we would have resolutions passed or, or given on the floor of council and would have this rancorous debate, largely overly emotional and poorly thought out arguments which insulted the other side of whatever issue it was. And we would leave knowing that my side's right, the other side's stupid, and nothing got solved because rancorous issues can't be solved by canonical changes at a diocesan council. But people sure did leave feeling kind of crummy. The last couple of years, we've not had those debates. Bishop Doyle said, it, we've had enough of this. We can still have debates. We can still bring up issues at council, but we're not going to continue to try to solve uh, contentious issues by insulting each other on the floor of council. We need instead to do the hard work of reconciliation with one another and get back to the mission and ministry of the church. And so, countless of the last two years, we've 
heard about what's going right in the diocese and heard about churches that are reaching out beyond their walls to the people in their communities and planting new churches. Now, a church plant was about a $10 million affair when it was we find the land and we build the church and we grow it up over time, and instead we're having church plants that are just growing out of congregations as people start meeting in houses sometimes. That's the new church, still tied to the anchor church. So we got to hear about all of these new ways that the life of Jesus is being reached and the ministry and the message of Jesus is being reached to people who weren't hearing it before. And that was the thrust of counsel. That's what we got to hear about yesterday. And I felt like, yes, we're no longer just coming to counsel to try to support the institution of the church, but rather the institution of the church is here to support us in our lives as disciples of Jesus. So here are the highlights of what Bishop Doyle said. He talked about three things, service, evangelism, and reconciliation. With service, he talked about the challenge of having done charity work as our primary means of service in the church for a long time. Charity work is essential, meaning largely crisis care. Someone's about to have their lights turned off and churches have money so we help pay their electricity bill. Or they don't have enough food so we help provide them with food. Crisis care is essential, but the problem is if that's all we do, there are chronic needs out there. And crisis care can't fix a chronic need when the same person comes every month for the same utility bill. Crisis care isn't helping. We have to do things to actually solve the problems that are going on. Economic development is a way to solve these chronic problems, not just handing out money over and over. So talk about ways that the churches can get deep in with people and build relationships with people where it's not just giving, but it's actually serving together and using our resources together with the people's resources to actually transform lives. Been uh, thinking about the neighborhood right by the church that is our parish, that is right where we are. No one from this neighborhood attends our church that I know of. And they may not start to, but there's our mission field. But by and large, they hardly probably know that we are here, other than there's that building over there, separated by 20 feet of concrete, the roads that surround our block. So we need to start building relationships with our neighborhood. And if we're going to actually make a difference in the lives of people who come month after month needing help with rent and utilities, then that's going to be a longer-term process. That's part of why we're doing the work of Kids Hope USA. We now have mentoring in the schools, having prayer partners and then the church to do that, building relationships with the families so we can then start actually serving together, not just giving to. We've got our two... Uh, directors for that, Brenda Harris and Kristen Sullivan. I didn't twist too hard. She, she was good with it. And they're going to start recruiting our mentors and our prayer partners and then start training over the summer so that we can then start these mentoring relationships in the fall. Beyond that, if we're really going to help serve and make transformational changes in people's lives, then it requires a longer-term effort. 
There's so much poverty and economic life where the main businesses in an area are drugs and prostitution and government help. In an area that used to have thriving businesses. Well, that means we need to get together with other churches and other church leaders and form relationships with people and then dream big and see what can we do with the resources of people and connection and influence and money that we have in abundance, especially together working with other churches to actually bring about new business and new economic development. Bill Cornman and I have been dreaming about this together and are starting these meetings and these conversations with other pastors in our area and other pastors in this neighborhood to see over the next couple of years and longer how can we actually make a transformational change in Bay City. Bishop Doyle talked about Evangelism. Still a little scary for us to hear, and I don't want to preach. Every time I bring it up, people say, I don't want to preach on a street corner with a megaphone. Good! That's not evangelism. That's something crazy people do. <laughs> evangelism is when we share our stories. It means sharing the good news. So when something wonderful happens in your life, and you're elated, and you call your friends and tell them about it, that's evangelism. And in the body of Christ, it means that we love Jesus and love our faith and have been blessed and transformed by it, and we want to share that good news. I've never shared any good news in my life on a street corner with a megaphone. I've called my friends, and I've called my neighbors, and I've called my family, and that's the work of evangelism, where we share our story and we know our stories. And that's kind of tricky to do, because we know our faith and our story well enough to be able to share it. Well, that's why we're having this Bible class in between services for the last three and coming two weeks so that we can know the story and then be able to share our stories more and we'll we'll keep having this class. We'll have it over and over. That's why we're having, starting at the parish retreat, we're going to have during the season of Easter a class about who we are as Episcopalians, about what is our faith, about what is Scripture. Why in the world do we cross ourselves if we do? Or why in the world do we do any of the, from an outsider looking in, kind of weird stuff that we Episcopalians do? And my guess is most of us don't know because a lot of us are critical Episcopalians. We've just always done it and we don't have any idea why. We used to call this confirmation class. Those that want to be confirmed, come. Those, but it's not confirmation class. It's, it's who, I don't know what, we don't have a title yet. Um, but if you just want to know more about your church and your faith and who we are, and you want to be able to share your story and you want to be able to share the story of your faith and your church come and we'll learn how so we can invite in the natural ways that we always invite people to things that we love Bishop Doyle talked about missional communities as another way of evangelism and service where there are so many people who will not come to a church building on Sunday morning for worship. We have had largely one model of how we worship and live our lives together as the church for centuries. And it's a darn good model. It's a model that we all love. We're all here. It's a model that I love, where we come together to worship at 
this church on Sunday mornings. But it's only one model. And so long as we are only using this one model, then there are a whole lot of people out in Galilee who are not being reached by Jesus. As he said, he went on to the surrounding regions of Galilee, not just doing that one thing that he had done, but going on. And so there are churches in our diocese that are having what we've been calling missional communities. St. David's Austin has about 15 different, we're calling them house churches, where folks who weren't coming to St. David's and weren't going to, but started meeting in their living rooms having evening prayer. And they invited their neighbors. And their neighbors, who weren't Episcopalians and some of them weren't Christians, started coming and praying together and learning about Jesus together and studying Scripture together. And then they'll have priests who are overseeing these communities and, and, and lay people who are overseeing these communities. And sometimes the priests will go out and they'll have communion together. It's a different way of living our lives with the church. And it's reaching people who weren't being reached before. That's why we've been having Bible study in a bar. Probably because I like beer. But because we're doing things and we're going out to where Jesus already is and we're living our lives beyond these walls so that these walls and this church can support us in our life as disciples of Jesus. So meet for prayer at a bar or meet for prayer at a coffee house or meet for prayer in a park or meet for Bible study in any of these places and invite your friends to that. It counts. It's church. And then let me teach you how, if you don't know. Or let others in this community know how teach you how. And we can go out to the rest of Galilee and proclaim the message, because that is what we are here to do. Finally, Bishop Dole talked about reconciliation. And ways that we have, as a church, harmed each other over contentious issues. It's nothing new. We read in the stories of the New Testament about the contentious issues in the times of Peter and Paul and ways that they harmed each other and were then reconciled. And that reconciliation didn't happen on the floor of council. Lobbing overly emotional and poorly thought out arguments at another person is just an attack. But the way of Jesus is the way of crucifixion. Truly seeking reconciliation means we get hurt. If we're going to truly seek reconciliation, then we have to hear how we have hurt someone. And let them hear how, we have, how they've hurt us. And that process hurts, and it cuts us. And we bleed. And as we saw in the cross of Jesus, reconciliation requires blood. It requires that we open ourselves up to be hurt in love, seeking restoration of our relationships, even when we still don't agree about stuff. These ways are ways that we live as Jesus' disciples. These ways are ways that, as Bishop Doyle says, we become a church that is lay-led, supported by clergy. That was my call as a priest. Not to be a priest leading a church supported by lay people. 
that has a chief priest that supports lay people going out and leading their lives as Jesus' disciples. Going out to the surrounding regions of Galilee and proclaiming the message there also. That is what Jesus came 